My name is Chris Charbonneau, and I'm the host of the Fall of Roe podcast. I'm a 40-year veteran of the pro-choice movement. I have been the CEO of Planned Parenthoods in seven different states and have decades of experience in the pro-choice realm. This is an unapologetically pro-choice podcast. We are going to talk about the disaster that is the unfolding dismantling of the Roe standard across the United States, creating 50 states worth of patchwork laws, the danger that that poses to anyone of reproductive age and all of us who love them. We need to figure out how we as a collective are going to get through this, change this situation, give ourselves some hope and get back to sanity in this country. Hi, friends. This is Chris Charbonneau, the host of the Fall of Roe podcast. And today I'm going to discuss the meaning of the vote in Kansas. I think we were all really excited when the results in Kansas began to come in and to take a look at the deep results there and see that even in a bright ruby red state like Kansas, even in the most rural parts of the state, people were coming out to say that on an up and down vote on the availability of abortion, they were not having any of it in terms of undoing abortion rights. So that was exciting to me. It was not, however, surprising on one level because I've done a lot of polling in a lot of states um, when I was running Planned Parenthoods in various places. And in every case, the up or down vote about whether abortion would be legal if abortion were legal or not legal, people elected to retain abortion rights. They might not be wild about it. They may consider themselves personally anti-choice, but people were unwilling to stand in the way of their family and neighbors and people who might need that care. People were simply unwilling to put, to not consider other people's circumstances And they were able to put themselves into other people's shoes enough to say, I really wouldn't want to be backed into that corner in the event something happened to me. And I think that what we're also seeing are illustrations of the many things we were all warning might happen if abortion became illegal. You know, it's only been two months since Roe was overturned, and already we have the 10-year-old rape victim that has to travel out of a state to get care. We have any number of cases that are women are being forced to keep unviable pregnancies, knowing that at the end of them, there will be nothing happy. They will deliver dead children, fetuses that can't be alive for any number of minutes after they get delivered. But nonetheless, they will have risked their health to go all the way through pregnancies that become more dangerous by the day in order to satisfy anti-choice legislation. And I think people know that that's inhumane and there we are. And we're seeing a lot of people with planned pregnancies that are having a great deal of difficulty getting their lives saved. We have already had a post-road death, a woman who was um, in a planned pregnancy. She began to have complications. She simply wasn't sick enough for them to give her an abortion that would have been life-saving. They had to send her away, wait for her to get sicker. And when she came in, she was not savable. She crashed and burned in the emergency area of the hospital in Texas, I believe, and um, was subsequently pronounced dead. So 
congratulations, Susan Collins, Brett Kavanaugh, and all the folks. Um, we have deaths already for women, and that's probably one of many that we don't even know about yet. And uh, it's a disaster. I mean, this could not be more disastrous. On top of that, we have people of all ages who are female who are being denied various important medications for them, including a 55-year-old who is denied medication for, I think it was lupus, because it's an abortifacient in some cases, and, uh, you know, not able to get it. And you've got to wonder who in the world thinks 55-year-old person is very likely to be pregnant. I suppose it's possible on the outside chance, but denying people their, their various medications is a disaster for women of all ages, not just the ones most likely to be pregnant. Not that it's okay to deny uh, women of um, reproductive capable ages medications either. So this has gotten really stupid really quickly, and people are very clear on how stupid it is. So what happens but that Kansas goes to the ballot box and, and Kansas uh, women and men in Kansas not only said no to that referendum, they said, oh, hell no to that referendum, which wasn't surprising to me again, because I ran such a referendum in Arkansas in 1986, and our Kansas at that time declined to overturn the right to abortion. Arkansas is only got illegal abortion coming up now because its legislature doesn't represent the will of the people on this point. Similarly, South Dakota had a referendum in 2006 where the people of South Dakota turned down the possibility of an anti-choice bill in their uh, referendum process. And again, they are likely to become an unsafe state because their legislature doesn't respect the will of the people. Um, more recently, in 2011, the state of Mississippi declined to make an anti-choice law, the law of the land should Roe be overturned, only to be overridden by their unrepresentative legislature. So when we saw Kansas happen, it joined um, three other red states that had had these things overturned in the last number of decades. And there we are. There are a lot of people who simply are unwilling to make life difficult for women and paint them into corners. And we've seen what happens to girls when they need extra support and can't get it. Not only was that young woman in Ohio victimized, but she had to go to Indiana, whereupon officials there began to harass the doctor in inappropriate and inexcusable ways for taking care of that 10-year-old. And I think we all understand how important it is for that 10-year-old to have gotten that abortion. You know, there is absolutely no guarantee that a 10-year-old could safely give birth. So the anti-choice forces have poked the bear and women are furious and they're furious in a way I've never seen women be furious about this issue they know that there has been a war on them. They know that they are now second-class citizens. And by they, I mean also me. <laughs> they are worried about people that they love and want to protect. And many, 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 many men are joining them in that and are prepared to vote this issue in the upcoming election. So the question has always been, 
people care about abortion, but they don't care enough to vote it as its top issue, uh, the top issue on a ballot. It's not more important necessarily than the tabletop issues, unless you're in the year 2022 and now um, now real harm is accruing to people because of this. So the question has always been, would people turn out for this as their top issue? And I think that that question has been asked and answered. Yes, they would. And they are coming for anyone who is anti-choice in the upcoming election. And I am here for it. It is high time for women to prioritize themselves, prioritize the girls, prioritize people who were born with uteruses but identify differently now, um, who are at risk in this scenario. We're going to see it in the in the ballot box in November. Now, what has begun to happen with that is that anti-choice politicians are suddenly not wanting to talk about their abortion positions because their abortion positions are repugnant. They are scrubbing any mention of their abortion, anti-abortion positions, some of them virulently anti-abortion positions, off their websites. They don't want to own them, and they must be made to own them. Because we know the minute these people are elected, they will do dirty to the people who put them in office, and it's completely unacceptable that they do that. In Michigan, they were going to have a ballot initiative on the ballot in November, where the people of the state of Michigan could decide that... um, Roe will be legal in that state come hell or high water. And the people of the state of Michigan, and I refer you to my previous podcast on this, collected almost twice as many signatures as they needed to put it on the ballot in the state of Michigan. So Michigan has a process where then the signatures and and all the proof that they got enough go to the Board of State Canvassers. And in the Board of State Canvassers, there are two Democrats and two Republicans. And in this case, the Republicans said, we won't put it on the ballot. And the Democrats said it must go on the ballot. It qualified by every every standard that we have. And they got twice as many signatures as they need to put it on the ballot. Um, So, you know, that's how this works. They get to be on the ballot. There is no provision for a way for the Board of State Canvassers to break a deadlock like that when they have one. So this will go to the court system in the state of Michigan. Um, Let us hope that the state of Michigan creates a situation where they have people being able to vote this up or down, because I think we know what the answer will be in Michigan. They don't want it on the ballot because the antis will lose. California is going to go onto the ballot and Vermont in order to make their abortion laws stronger and make more public statements about it. Kentucky is going to be on the ballot. It's going to be important for the people of Kentucky to turn out for uh, that ballot initiative and to vote pro-choice. And hopefully the state of Michigan will get theirs back on the ballot because I think that what this means is that it will be a massive disadvantage to be an anti-choice candidate this year. Um, it will be important for it in as many states as have referendum possibilities, ballot initiative possibilities for states to put these issues on the ballot 
so that people can vote them up or down in order to make sure that the voice of the people is heard. Because if people's voices are heard, then abortion will be safe and legal and available everywhere that people get to vote on it. And happy voting, everyone, because this can make every bit of difference. Thank you for listening, friends. This is Chris Charbonneau. It's been my pleasure to host this broadcast for you today. And if you'd like to hear more, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and give us a five-star review. If you'd like to connect with me in some way, please go to fallofrow.com for information. Thank you.